Welcome to Able Active Moms. Jeremy Brown and his guests are here to help the struggling moms better understand and manage their time for personal health. Now here's Jeremy. Hi, and welcome back again to Able and Active Moms. This week, we are going to be delving into a slightly different topic than our first two weeks. And with us, we have my friend and colleague, Shannon Hirschman. Shannon, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm actually super excited. We were hanging out. We worked together at the same um, Pilates wellness fitness studio, and we were hanging out talking. And I thought that your story would be really great for people to hear. Um, because I think that um, it'll resonate with a lot of people. Um, it falls in line with this kind of thing about needing to advocate for yourself and needing to find answers and answers maybe not being easy to get and the answers you get not being the answers that you want. Um, so it's really a story about um, autoimmune issues and inflammation issues, which seem to be a really... Um, influential topic at the moment. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot more people are having autoimmune issues these days. Yeah. And we really don't know why, maybe because it is such a, a big systemic issue, right? So it's hard to like nail down the one thing that's causing this increase in these, in, in these kind of diseases. Um, so you're also on because you are a super fit and active mom and you have been fit and active your whole life. You're, you're, you were a professional dancer for a long time. Yes, I was. Yeah. I started out with the contemporary ballet company. Um, I was accepted into bodyography contemporary ballet in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania um, when I was still in college. And I was a double major at the time um, for dance and biology and a minor in psych. And um, once I got into the contemporary company, I um, just focused on my biology. And then I finished with a minor in dance. And um, yeah, so I've been dancing and I moved to Chicago and danced for a few companies here as well. Yeah, you're a beautiful mover. Um, can't see that on the radio, but she is. Uh, and biology maybe set you up well for the whole journey, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a very um, strong inclination towards science and movement, ironically. So <laughs> both of those <laughs> really have gone hand in hand throughout my journey. Yeah, um, me me too, obviously. Like movement science is definitely big time my thing. Um, I am not as much into as many modalities or you know, different directions as, as you have gone in that we're going to discuss over the next couple of, we're going to split this up in two episodes because as we started to talk about it, there's a lot of information we have to share, which is super exciting. So you'd probably dance like starting at a super young age, like most people do. I did. So I started when I was six years old. Um, <clears throat> my mom was reading a newspaper and she was like, oh, look at this. They have dance lessons at the YMCA. And all of a sudden I was like, sign me up. I had no idea, you know, why I said that, but um, I thought it was going to be a fad. And um, so here I am years later, I'm still teaching dance classes. And so it was, um, it was wonderful. Yeah. Yay. See, so cheers to mom for inspiring a lifetime mover. That's amazing. Um, that's yes. a huge part of what I'd like to do. Um, but uh, at some point in college, you ran into a movement blip, 
right? Things started to go sideways. Yeah, so it started out, I just remember being in ballet class and experiencing some odd back pains and some some sensations that I was like, what is this? And they would start to come and go. And um, that was on and off, maybe throughout the year um, when I was 18. I did go to college one year early. But um, so, yeah, I started to experience these weird back pains. And one day I couldn't get out of bed. I woke up in such severe pain, I literally couldn't move. So um, the boy, my boyfriend at the time literally had to carry me to the car and drive me to the emergency room. So yeah, I had no idea what was going on. And, um, but luckily someone in the ER said, have you ever seen a rheumatologist? And I said, no. And so they sent me over there that day and did blood work. And then it turned out that I had the, um, either the antigen or gene for ankylosing spondylitis, um, which is HLA B27. And um, they gave me the diagnosis right then and there. So, And that diagnosis comes with what? Like, what is the information that you're handed with this type of diagnosis? As, as in some ways, it's a diagnosis that relates to most autoimmune issues or immune diseases. Yeah. So they said there was no cure mm-hmm. and that the best they could do was just give me medication. Um, and stronger medication and stronger medication if that didn't work, uh, if necessary. And uh, eventually the outcome could possibly be spinal fusion and even possible blindness. And you can imagine, <laughs> I remember 18. driving. I know at 18, I, I remember pulling off to the side of the road and just crying. And I was like, how did this happen? How did I get here? So it was devastating. But I remember at the same moment, you know, in when I was on the side of the road crying, I was like, I'm going to find a way to figure this out. I remember saying that. So you don't, you don't feel helpless in the situation, which is amazing, but you do feel like, did you feel like there was something you had done to do this or you just been dealt a bad hand or like, what do you, how do you even respond (laughs) Well, at the time, I just thought, well, genes are genes. And I've since learned that, no, that's not, that is not the case. So um, I somehow knew internally, I was going to figure it figured out and I was going to end up healing myself. I had no idea how that would happen and the journey it's taking me on. But um, I'm learning every day and uh, applying more and more stuff to to help people. Yeah, yeah. I And it's interesting when you work with something like this, that uh, your journey toward the path of health can take a long time because you're gathering information. Like my journey back to a path of health has now taken well over, well, taken 20 years as, as yours, taken 20 years. Uh, But it's not like it takes 20 years. It takes 20 years. If you're out there gathering information and putting pieces together, it it can happen so much faster if you are, passing on that information to someone else. There's like a storehouse, a resource of this information. You can just, I mean, we were talking before the show started and that change can happen in an hour, right? Yes. But yeah. we'll get to that. We want no spoilers yet. <laughs> um, there's an interesting word that came up and uh, this is kind of a side, little side shuffle here. There's an interesting word that came up in relation to 
your diagnosis, and that is that there is no cure. And maybe this is an issue with medicine in general, like our concept of it, this idea of a cure, because um, there are so many things that don't have cures, like in the idea that you treat them and they're gone forever, right? Like maybe there needs to be a shift toward like the repercussions of lifestyle choices or the mindfulness of how we treat our body or like what what's happening that are, that are that we are calling a disease that is like a collection of like symptoms and outcomes. I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? Do you see where I'm going? Oh yeah. So if I go off of my track, it can easily come back. So if I've gone off my diet or something like that, the symptoms will start to creep back in. So, you know, I would say that I've put it in remission and I, and I know for the most part how to keep it in remission with the tools that I have now. Um, But I think, if you go back to the way I was living um, and what I was doing at the time, it can easily come back. So it's a great motivator. Pain is a great motivator to keep you on track with what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes, absolutely. And I find my people who are the most um, inspired to follow my advice are the ones who are in the most pain. Um, But I guess the word cure, I think is almost just like a negative word in that it makes it seem like, well, there's nothing I can do. I mean, migraines don't have cures and lower back pain doesn't have cures. And like so many, so many things that people deal with day to day don't have cures. They have, but there are solutions Like that, mm-hmm. that, that somehow those two words maybe resonate as the same and they're not the same at all. A cure means like, oh, there's a, a magic thing they're going to do to me and I never have to worry again where no, but there are solutions. And if you just shift the way you live your life, these solutions are as good as a cure like is there a difference if we don't have if you don't ever have symptoms then does the diagnosis of incurable matter yeah mm-hmm. no i would totally agree with you yeah, yeah. absolutely anyway that was my side note because i think that's just a weird word you know because like so many things people are like there's no cure like well yeah there are no cures but there are resources and ways to manage it that make it so that it doesn't exist on a day-to-day think- basis when somebody tells you there's no cure, it instills hopelessness within you. Yeah. Them. Yeah. 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 Like the connotations of that are just so heavy. It's like, oh, okay, well, I should just give up and put myself on this track of medication increasing and medication increasing. And so let's circle back to um to your diagnosis and the medication, which so if you were on the medication and which you were for quite some time, you were on the medication for a while. Yeah. For 12 years. Yeah. And is there any guarantee that it's even going to halt progress, slow progress, shift symptoms? Like what happens? So they did not guarantee it. So they said over time it might um, start to fade and that's exactly what happened. But um, at the time I was taking 75 milligrams of indomethacin, which is an NSAID. And um, I remember the last let's see, when I was 28, 29, so about 10 years in, it started to work less and less. It seemed to work like clockwork. Every 24 hours, I'd take the pill and I would be good for 24 hours. And then it started, I'd start to have more muscle spasms and SI joint pain, um, just different areas of my body uh, and, and within the spine would just be completely inflamed. I remember 
coming home because I was still dancing professionally at the time and, and then teaching dance at night. And I just remember there were many times when I struggled to get out of the car at night walking home and I literally have to inch by inch walk up and hold on to the rails going up the stairs. And sometimes I would have like my boyfriend come back down and help me up, you know, after a day of professional dance and I was like, what, how I just didn't understand what was, what going on. So. Yeah. Or what the possible path forward is going to be like, this can't go on like this forever either. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a, it's a, must be a high dosage or a very powerful inset. Inset is non steroidal anti-inflammatory. Um, mm -hmm. like, Advil is an NSAID. It's an over-the-counter NSAID. Um, and they are not without their own um, issues in the body. Like the the things that they cause, the side effects from them can be can vary for everyone. It can be pretty severe. Yeah. You're not supposed to be on it for very long. <laughs> <laughs> not your lifetime. That's not. No, like... <laughs> not your lifetime. So, um, and you know, it's funny. I was looking up because at the time they said, you know, just watch your gut lining. Um, and uh, okay. yeah. you know, just keep an eye out for that. But I was looking at some of the other side effects that I didn't even know about. So I was like, oh, my God, I was reading this. So um, lining of the gut, um, ulcers, bleeding, perforation of the gut, um, lithium toxicity, kidney issues, blurred vision, affecting your blood pressure, your heart rate, difficulty breathing, and bone marrow damage. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was on that for 12 years. <laughs> yeah. And – and then the solution would have been just, you know, the rest of your life. You were on it for that long, but then, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. eventually you probably run into all of those things if you're on it long enough. Like, oh, great. Right. And if you have a, a high dose, you know, higher dosage, if that's required too. So luckily, you know, they, I, I was on the lower end of that. So that well, was good. In the beginning, that's where mm -hmm. you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that being your management system in the beginning movement was your management system as well right yeah so they they told me it was great that i was a professional dancer so the more i would move that would help um you know keep the joint supple and um, the inflammation levels a little bit lower so um during that time I was still kind of looking for other ways to feel better i did get my pilates mat certification during that time uh, which I thought would be a great compliment to, you know, ballet and, you know, um, working with people with posture and alignment, um, you know, especially if I'm going to have a, maybe possibly have a spinal fusion later on in my life, you know, try to maintain great posture. Yeah. And um, one of the biggest things was getting certified in trigger point foam, foam rolling and Yamana body rolling. I did that almost every day to help with the muscle spasms and it helped me a lot. I, that's clearly a habit you built because I still see you do it pretty much every day that I yeah. see you. Uh, it feels <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really does. I, I, yeah, I've got trigger point foam rollers and Yamana balls laying all over my house. Um, for everyone out there doesn't know, uh, trigger point foam rolling, that one's probably a little more uh, well-known, right? Everybody kind of understands that. Um, Yamana is similar, yes, yeah, yeah, it's with softer balls, so it's a little bit more gentle. Um, and she works, her method works with basically taking the entire muscle and you're rolling it out from um, origin to insertion and creating space 
within the joints. So after, let's say if you roll out your entire right leg after done, you're going to notice it's maybe half an inch or an inch longer than the other leg. So it helps to keep space within the joints and then support circulation and blood flow, which can promote healing as well. And it's a little bit of a workout to maneuver yourself around these surfaces, actually, like on the ball on the ground and rolling back and forth. And yeah, it does yeah. require shoulder strength and some <laughs> ab work too. It's <laughs> a balance. Yeah, um, I think there's a wonderful built-in. Uh, they are a really nice product. They're a really great texture, and they and you can change the density of them so that there can be com- they can be comfortable for pretty much anyone, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Unlike a foam roller, which is what it is, and often it's it can be too painful to even get into. Oh yeah, yeah. The foam roller is definitely harder. So if you hop on there and you find you're holding your breath and you're moaning and groaning, definitely want to regress to something softer like a Yamana ball. Yeah, which there are a lot of online resources for as well. Right? Yamana is you can get the balls online, but then there are also classes online. I bet you probably I know you do classes online. Um, I don't I know do. if you do group yeah. classes. You do individuals certainly now. I do a group Yamana, Yamana foot fitness class on Saturdays, which is a virtual class, as well as a Yamana body rolling class every Saturday as well for group fitness. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. love it. Because, they do. Yeah. Because you feel amazing after it's over with. And uh, yeah, you got a little bit of a workout and your body feels all long and easy. It's like a self-massage. Self-care is always huge. I've had a couple of people come back and say that they they got taller when they got measured at the doctor. <laughs> so instead, you know, it really helps to keep. It literally does help to keep space within the joint. So you know, as we age, you know, we tend to compress a little mm. bit. So uh, it keeps you nice and tall. Everybody, that is everyone who's getting older is worried about losing height. So that is the <laughs> best. Um, we are going to take a real quick break now. But when we come back, we're going to continue talking about your journey and what helped you keep moving forward. Because it's like it was adding on pieces and adding on pieces and finding a, a whole like big picture solution. So we'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos, live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, 
philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. I am here today with Shannon Hirschman, and she is sharing her story with us today about um, her autoimmune disease, ankylosing spondylitis and um, kind of the inflammatory nature of that and um, her journey back to a really healthy and normal life. And uh, we were right before the break talking about um, the use of self, of physical self-care, right? Uh, Trigger point foam rolling, mat work Pilates, Yamana, um, body work, which is also like a, a self-massage tool. And um, along with medication, that actually was a reasonable solution for you for some time. Yeah. So uh, at my 30th birthday, it's <laughs> a big milestone. I 18 just lived... and then 30. Sorry. <laughs> and it's then like, 13. Oh. Yeah. Um, so 12 years later, um, so, you know, I had done the Yamna work and the trigger point, and the, I think I mentioned the medication had started to not work more and more and more, and I was coming home with more muscle spasms, more SI joint pain, inflammation, my joints would ache. And um, I was having trouble doing releves, um, dancing professionally. Um, and I, I was like, okay, I cannot live this way. We have to figure something out. And um, I remember I was taking, I was having a massage from one of our colleagues, Carrie. And um, I was telling her about the things I was going through. And then she had mentioned, you know, possibly dairy being an inflammatory Thing that you know would be in my diet that I should look at and at the time I was drinking literally like a gallon of milk a week because you know you grew up on those ads milk does yeah, the body good absolutely and <laughs> it was ironic back when I was first diagnosed within that first week m- my boyfriend at the time had ordered me a book on curing AS through diet but the doctor said that diet didn't make a difference. So I was just like, okay. And I took a look at it, but really I put it on the shelf and that was probably one of the worst things I could have done, <laughs> but it wouldn't have led me to where I am today. So um, after she, after Carrie had mentioned about the milk and the dairy and stuff, I somehow stumbled upon the documentary forks over knives. And um, so that forever changed my life. So I remember right after I'd watched the documentary that night um, or that day, I didn't have any dairy and I slept through the night for the first time, I think in 12 years, 12 more years, but I didn't even realize like, Hey, I shouldn't be waking up in the middle of the night for some reason. It didn't occur to me. I slept the whole night through and I was like, Whoa, what is, what is happening? And then within I think a week or a week and a half, 
my symptoms were almost completely gone. And I was off medication one month later. And I remember going back to uh, my rheumatologist and saying, I changed my diet, like I'm not having any more symptoms. And I remember he didn't have the time of day to listen to my story. He dismissed it. And he said it was just a coincidence. And I was probably in remission for just a short period of time and it would come back. And so at that point, I found another doctor. And um, I shared my story again. And once again, I got the same thing. Um, He didn't really believe there was a connection. Um, And so at that point, I figured, well, I'm managing my symptoms, like I'm not feeling anything anymore. I I don't need the medication. So I don't need a rheumatologist (laughs) after those two experiences. So, um, so I haven't been back uh, since then. But I've been feeling really great for well, I was feeling excellent until I was 35. So it was about five years later. And then I had my daughter, McKenna, and um, then it returned. But it took me about six months to even recognize that uh, it had returned because in my mind, it was it was gone. You know, I had changed I had changed my diet, um, which was, by the way, so I had eliminated dairy and then slowly uh, had over time eliminated meat. So I in the Forks Over Knives documentary, they talk about a low fat, whole food, plant based diet. So I had dramatically increased the amount of um, fruits and vegetables that I was eating, which I was eating, but there were like more side dishes. And at the time mm-hmm. I was eating the way I grew up, right? So um, salmon and ham and steaks and meat and potatoes and things like that and drinking milk. And um, so I ended up switching to a, um, a plant-based diet and I couldn't believe how fast things turned around for me. That's really amazing. Yeah. Um, it's a great documentary for anyone who's never seen it. Um, it did not inspire me to live a plant-based diet life. Um, <laughs> I mean, sort of, I mean, it did, but then I didn't totally do it, but I, I, I was raised where we didn't always have meat on the table just because veg, just because eating vegetables is healthy. So my mom would often have meals where we just ate vegetables and the same for my grandmother. Um, and so I grew up eating a lot of vegetables. So I would say I eat more vegetables than meat anyway, which is probably not the norm for American society. I think, I think it's something like, uh, 5% of Americans are getting the amount of fiber they need. So the question is, you know, people ask, like, where do you get your protein? The question should be, like, where do you get your fiber? I think everyone's fiber deficient. Um, But, yeah, I'm eating a lot more variety than I I did before. So, you know, before I I feel like I had the same meals from, you know, week to week. And now I have more variety, which is healthier for your gut microbiome. You want at least 35 plants in your diet per week, at least. Um, So It's a tough number. Well, you think so, but if you make a bowl of oatmeal with some flax seeds and, you know, three different types of berries, you know, you already have like, you know, I can easily get six or seven or something. So, Um, but yeah. You you make a salad and it's got seven or eight things thrown in it, right? Or Mm -hmm. you you make some sort of, um, some sort of vegetable sauce dish, like a caponata or something, and you have it over a whole grain. And that thing's also got like seven different vegetables in it. So, because often it 
yeah, you if you just start with a baseline of carrots and onions and celery and tomatoes, you know, and then you add something to that, that's yeah, the numbers, I guess the numbers add up quick. But um, it sounds like a lot, right? Doesn't it? When it you does. First hear it. <laughs> so, yeah, like these, yeah, these numbers can sound overwhelming, but it's it's manageable and you work your way up to it. Um, it's not necessarily an easy world to be living with a plant-based diet probably easier now than it was but it's still not without challenges oh yeah 10 years ago i felt like a complete outcast so you know i would be (laughs) trying to go over to um, people's houses and i would be bringing my own food and you know the holidays and cookouts for fourth of july everyone was having their hamburgers and hot dogs and i'd have my own thing and um it was rough actually my husband we went through a difficult time when I transitioned because there's such a culture around eating together at a table, having the sharing in the same meal. And now we were having two separate meals or like we were going somewhere and I'd take my own food. So he almost went through a grieving process as well. So that was a year of, even though he was seeing how good I felt, um, there was still a grieving process that was necessary right. for him. But he since like, come around for sure but it was hard that first year you were you were worth it yeah but your (laughs) your relationship had evolved everyone's relationship revolves at least partially or evolves and revolves partially around eating and you know you develop this thing together where like we went out to eat together and we have our meals together and then all of a sudden that's changed it's not lost but it's changed and you have to reevaluate it and you know find joy within it again is something different for everyone it's like no we're still here we're still like have the time together we just don't get it's just not what it was exactly and even going out to restaurants 10 years ago they didn't have as many vegan and plant-based options at all so it was a struggle going out to eat you know which we like to do and i'd have to order like a plain baked potato or you know just stuff off the side um and so I remember he would get frustrated with that, you know, because we couldn't go out to eat and have date nights and things like we normally did. And I'd have to ask for the chef. Um, But these days, it's so much easier. Just we can find a restaurant that has everything that I need, everything that he likes. So That's great. I'm so glad that that is becoming more of a norm because there we could also easily talk for a long time about all of the benefits to a plant based diet. for yourself or the world as a whole and all the things that go on in farming and animal farming and industrial agriculture. And we are not going to go there. That's one of my favorite topics. So um. I will say though, I, yeah, I did start it out, start out on a plant-based diet for health, but then once you learn about everything that goes on in those, you know, for the environment and, you know, the animals and climate change and everything. Once you learn all that stuff, I I just can't go back, you know, and I never would. So it's so beneficial. So it's like a triple, triple win for all, everyone, yourself, the animals, the planet. Yeah. If nothing else, I think for every single person, my takeaway would be eat more vegetables and eat less meat. Our concept of how much meat you should have in any given meal is so askew. Um, And basically no nutritionist is going to tell you that you need over four to six ounces of meat in a meal, but it's never less than double that, strangely enough, right? Like (laughs) eight to 12 is where we start and then you go up from there. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? You can get all your nutrients that you need um, 
through plants. So I work with um, uh, a doctor who does plant-based lifestyle living. And every year I get my uh, numbers checked to make sure I have all the proper nutrients, things that I need. uh, And everything's well thought out, you know, making sure you have vitamin B12 and, um, you know, consuming seaweed to make sure you have iodine in your diet. um, If you're doing low salt and things like that. So I do work with um, a professional to make sure that, you know, I'm getting everything that I need. And, and that makes it a little more complicated, right? Is that how complicated does it have to be? How, how hard to access is it? Or is it something that's manageable for everyone? Are there good resources out there to help everyone figure out their own path? Like what, what, what is there? Yeah. So, well, on my website, at least I have a resources page. So for anyone who's interested, I just have a ton of information that people can read books and go to different websites to get more information. But basically the main thing is um, if you're not eating meat, um, which is basically the middleman for getting your vitamin B12, because that comes from the soil. And these days our food is very clean. So our vitamin uh, B12 is not as um, integrated on the food. So you just need to take that as a supplement. And then, you know, if you're not using iodized salt, and you have like low salt intake, um, just making sure you incorporate some seaweed, but it's pretty, pretty basic and just getting your regular vitamin D out in the sunshine and things like that. So yeah, excellent. Well, um, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Chicago. Thankfully, Um, (laughs) I was out earlier in it. You actually did even get a plant-based nutrition training, education, right, as you went through all of this. I did, just because I had such a passion and interest in it. Um, eCornell offers um, a course for plant-based nutrition that you can take um, just to learn learn a lot more about it. And um, so, again, it was kind of like a hobby, and if people ask me questions, I could you know, kind of point them in the right direction and have a little bit more knowledge. And they also go through more also like the environmental things and, um, and things like that in the agricultural industry. So that was interesting to learn about. And so now we're a few years later after this, is there more circling back to what originally started all of this, your, your, your autoimmune disease and your diagnosis, is there more information or more direction toward this change as a as an assistance or treatment in general like is that becoming something that's out there more i'm not sure because i feel like i've talked to a number of doctors and i'll tell them my story and they just don't seem very receptive to it but also again you can't blame them in a way because they go to medical school for medicine. And from what I've been told, it's four hours or less of nutritional training um, when they're in medical school. So you just teach what you've been taught. So, um, but there are more, there are more and more lifestyle medicine places opening up. So slowly the word's getting out there. And I know some of the leaders in the industry of the plant-based movement are going into medical schools, excuse me, and trying to teach uh, upcoming doctors. So hopefully the new people coming out um, of medical school and things like that will be more educated in how vital nutrition plays in your health. Yeah. 
change is slow to come. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, The same thing happens in our industry, right? Where you see, you know, the information that's out there can take a decade or two decades to actually trickle into day-to-day changes in the way people are educated or taught because yeah, it has, you have to change the education systems and then you have to wait for that to actually become sort of, uh, to trickle into the industry as a whole. And then that's when you start to see changes happen. But, but there are, as you said, more and more uh, groups like a medical group or a wellness group where you'll have a doctor and a nutritionist and an acupuncturist and massage therapist and um, naturopath or like many different people all working to help someone have a more full picture of their health. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. And I've also heard it takes on average 17 years from uh, new research to actually trickle down into the actual office with the doctor talking to the patient. So on average, 17 years for everything to catch up. Um, what's nice is you see a lot more plant-based options in the grocery store. However, it doesn't mean that they are healthy. So of course, the industry is always there to make a buck, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the Impossible Burgers might not be as healthy as you think. You know, look at the uh, nutrition label. And basically, when you're eating fruits and vegetables, stick as close as you can to the actual plant food. <laughs> yeah. The least processed, the better. <laughs> um impossible burgers and potato chips are vegetarian right yes they are <laughs> yep <laughs> um, but, yeah so, not necessarily good for you though <laughs> so is pasta every day with olive oil but also maybe we're looking for a little more diversity in our food right. um but it's amazing how much of an impact that can have and so you had a major change for your diagnosis but i know so many people who have had so many different things going on that changing their diet has been massively impactful. Oh yeah. So I would spend, um, I went to plant stock for a number of years and you would hear story after story about cancer, other autoimmune diseases um, and other ailments that people would heal from. So people just tell their story after story. And so that was one of the reasons I started going to plant stock for the extra community, that sense of community of people who were eating the way I was and healing. And just, I heard so many stories, like you said, about not only this condition, but so many others. Yeah. It's, it, it's really amazing. Um, we will actually keep talking nutrition and lifestyle choices and health right after another break. Um, but we're going to take just a minute. So keep listening in and we'll be back in just a moment. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos, live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Thank you for continuing to listen in. I am here today with my friend and colleague, Shannon Hirschman, and we are talking about her story um, and her journey of autoimmune disease and how it led her to where she is today, which is this really amazing multi-modality healer. And we're currently in the middle of nutrition and plant-based nutrition. And right before break, we were talking about, she was talking about um, plant doc and, and this, which is what? Tell me, tell us what that is. Okay, so plant stock, which is a takeoff of Woodstock. Ah, <laughs> yes, so that was a retreat um, pre-COVID where you could go to, I think, what did I say, Black Mountain, North Carolina, um, mm-hmm. but North Carolina, and it was um, created by Rip uh, Esselstyn and his father, called Caldwell B. Esselstyn, formerly a cardiovascular surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic. And so um, he had reversed, he had done a study that reversed cardiovascular disease. Um, I'm trying to remember, but I think he had like 10 or 12 patients that were like the worst of the worst that they sent to him because they were basically on this deathbed and he put them on a very strict low fat whole food plant-based diet and reversed uh, their cardiovascular disease. And um, you can learn more about his story, but it's pretty interesting. So anyway, so they started this uh, retreat for people to learn more about plant-based nutrition and how it can help you. And so each year they would have a gathering for about five days. Um, And I think I've attended three of them in person, two of them online. And um, they bring in the latest uh, research scientists and doctors to come together and present their research on plant-based nutrition. And um, 
they, you know, share their information as well as people who are there, they share their stories. And, you know, I've heard people talk about putting cancer into remission, other autoimmune issues, Crohn's disease, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, cardiovascular disease, just so many just benefiting from just what you put on a fork every day. Simple as that. Uh, and simple as that, but it is a hard change to make because what you put on a fork every day can be so self-defining. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, when I first started, I felt like an outcast, you know, like I said, like 10 <laughs> years ago, I felt really awkward because I was the only one eating this way. And now it's a lot easier. I think people are just, you know, open-minded, but, um, yes, you kind of have to figure out what works. So for me, um, I gave up dairy pretty quickly. It did take a while. Just I think because of the societal, I don't know, the culture around meat and barbecues and things like that, that took me a little bit more time to finally uh, give that up. But you just kind of have to go in stages. But if you at least start with, you know, getting as much plants in your diet as you can, make that a goal. Like that's already a, a great start. Yeah, that is a great start. Um, yeah, I'm always trying to, if nothing else, like, every meal have some sort of salad where I put a lot of vegetables in it, right? That's just an easy thing to add. add that in and make it a slowly make it a bigger and bigger part of your meal. Find a way to something that you enjoy that you can dump a lot of vegetables into and then slowly build, build off of that and like shift the balance of what you're eating a little more. And, and leafy greens are so important. So what I decided was easier because sometimes I don't always feel like a salad. But what I do is I usually get um, anywhere from three to five different types of greens. And then um, I put them in the food processor, like with a couple pulses. And then I can just sprinkle it over my soup or whatever I'm going to eat. So I get a ton of leafy greens in without feeling like I'm eating a salad. Because sometimes I just like a nice warm soup and I just toss those greens in. Wintertime salads are harder to eat for sure. They are. <laughs> they are. Can something in my life be warm at the moment? Um, <laughs> so this all you all came around to this because you know that you were having at a young age some pretty severe physical symptoms and you got a pretty rough diagnosis um, and was put on some very impactful medication which worked less and less and less and then it led you down a path to plant-based nutrition, which was very helpful for a time. Right. But then, and this is, this is a, this is a well-documented thing. Systems change a lot during pregnancy, clearly. Mm -hmm. And, 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 uh, inflammation actually has like its own ebb and flow through the whole thing, right? Where like there are periods of, of greater and lesser inflammation in the system, depending on the trimester and what's happening and all the way through into postpartum in the fourth trimester. And that, and then that can flare up autoimmune issues as well. Um, Cause autoimmune issues and inflammatory autoimmune issues are often very tied into inflammatory issues. Yeah. It seems that that's mm -hmm. often the case. So, and that was definitely your experience, though you did not identify it at the time that it was happening. Is yes, correct. So yeah, so I it was six months after having my first baby that um, I even recognized what had happened. You know, I was thinking, um, what are these weird elements that I'm experiencing? I was just thinking, well, maybe it's just from 
I don't know, just having the baby. Like I didn't expect it to come back because it had been completely gone for up to that point, um, five, five years, five, six years. And so, um, yeah. And, And the symptoms were also just slightly different than what I was used to. So prior, um, when I was having, you know, the ankylosing spondylitis flare ups, it was specifically SI joint pain, um, other areas of the spine, some muscle spasm and uh, some joint stuff this time, which is why it took me a while to figure it out. I had scalp pain, um, bleeding of the gums, uh, brain fog. Um, and I remember going back to teaching too. And this was another thing I felt completely not confident in what I was teaching. And I recognized this and I was, I could not understand why don't I feel confident? Like I know this information, but I, my confidence had dropped. Um, but the plant-based doctor that I was, that I go to, I had since learned there's a correlation between um, leaky gut, which, you know, the, the lining of your gut is more permeable and things are, are passing through it that shouldn't um, between leaky gut and confidence levels, <clears throat> which is also interesting. I know we'll get into energy stuff later, but solar plexus also has to do with self-esteem and digestion. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, so there is a location wise. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so there's a correlation there. Um, but yeah, so it was just hard to recognize because the symptoms, they were di- just different. And, at what point did you put together that these symptoms were still related to the same the same reaction within your body you know the same reactivity the same disease within your body like when did that kind of come together for you yeah i think it was um like i said 6 months after having the baby but i at that time i think i remember seeing a ted talk from Clint Patterson, um, he had reversed his um, rheumatoid arthritis through a plant-based diet. And um, so I was still trying to look for, maybe it was something with my food because that had worked the first time. So I had signed up for the Patterson program, like trying to do like a, an elimination diet, trying to figure, figure that out and um, thinking, okay, so maybe it was the return of, you know, ankylosing spondylitis with the hormone changes as well, you know, because you've got hormones going on when you're breastfeeding and things like that. Um, but this time the food wasn't working at all. And um, so I, I was on an elimination elimination diet, I think, for many, many months, and it really wasn't making a difference. And I was like, oh, I guess I guess it's just hormones from breastfeeding. Um, but then I, I was watching um, a Netflix um, TV show and on there they had an episode with Wim Hof and immediately I saw that and I said that's it I feel like that's going to be key to getting me out of this and so the Wim Hof method is uh, a breathing and cold therapy method so you basically do uh, this deep breathing that is supposed to reduce your inflammation levels by at least 50% and uh, up anti-inflammatory levels within the blood um, pretty significantly. And um, supposedly it lasts about 22 hours. So um, the very first time I did the breath work, my body felt tingly for three days. And I would describe that as, uh, to people, my body felt minty 
It was very weird. So, <laughs> so I was like, even though I felt tingly and minty, I knew that it had done something. Um, and I noticed a lot of my oh, foot pain was huge for me too. I would have tons of inflammation through my feet after the first pregnancy. Um, it was, so that was, it was hard to walk then too, which is also um, a different symptom than what I experienced the first time. So, and then I started the cold showers. And um, very hard to do that. <laughs> but once you do, when you step out, you feel like a million bucks. And so um, so I just learned more about the Wim Hof method. So I was doing the breathing every day, the cold showers, and then an ice bath for my feet. And I would feel like a million bucks. So I, I would, and that would last literally for each day. So each day I would make sure that I had the Wim Hof method. And so that was one of the toolkits that I used for dropping my inflammation um, since the food wasn't working. I was still eating plant-based, but it wasn't fixing the inflammation levels for some reason, you know, with the hormones yeah. and stuff. So the Wim Hof method was what brought me out of that. Uh, yeah. At that time. It's, it's, you know, it, we're talking about big systemic things, right? Like a big, we're talking about, a systemic issue and we're talking about systemic changes and and that's what makes it complicated for science in general is it's not one answer because it's not one thing it's a whole system and so you kind of have to approach each piece of the system and you're putting together so many things and and as we'll get into next time some of the things that you're affecting are really not even necessarily measurable um, we'll get into that more next time right not measurable by current scientific methods that we have available to us um i think a lot of these things come down to especially as we start talking about breathing and all these changes um like vagus nerve and parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system and polyvagal theory. These are some big words we're throwing out all of a sudden, but it just has to do with regulation, nervous regulation, regulation of your entire nervous system and these kind of reactions within it. Um, but unfortunately we are going to have to bookmark that um, <laughs> yes, and no. like get into all of this stuff that we're like starting to to tease um next time around which will be two weeks out from now um but shannon thank you so much for joining today and i look really look forward to our next talk because i think things are really interesting the next bit of stuff we have to talk about is actually really interesting and the way it starts to be big picture is really fascinating yeah, yeah for sure thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it um but how so you have a website be well my body how can people reach you what do you have up there uh, so basically, I have all my contact information at bewellmybody.com. And then I have a resource page for people who are interested in maybe changing their diet um, and some other things uh, beyond diet. So um, consciousness, uh, spirituality, um, specific things uh, related to um, health and wellness. So everything's up there. And also videos and documentaries about um, environmental causes and um, things like that. So. Amazing. And we'll go into all of that a little more next week and talk a little more about how you yourself are a resource and the resources you have up there and or not next week, but two weeks out, right? When you're back and, but next week, actually, I will be here all by myself um, talking about uh, movement biomechanics and basic tips that are appropriate for everyone to have a more healthy and 
fit life, like just basically what I recommend everybody does to help get in touch with their body and help their body move better and be better on a daily basis. So I can't wait for that. I'll see you all next week. And thank you for listening and have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Able Active Moms. We hope the moms out there have learned something useful to help them with their own lives. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week.